Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep... The real danger is in your hand, when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Weekside Podcast. I'm Jenny Francis here with Connor Orr. We are less than two weeks from NFL free agency. There will be a lot of decisions made for 2020. Less important, of course, than the other decisions being made for 2020 in the election season. But nevertheless, we'll devote a lot of time and energy to covering uh, what is to come in the weeks ahead and a lot of drama and intrigue already we will get into some of that we will get into a few leftovers from the combine and the cba vote is underway so a lot to cover in this episode so i think we'll get right to the news topics connor let's do it i mean unless the people want uh you know some some deep in the weeds politics you know we could go there if we want but i think we should spare spare the masses yeah well you know we could offer some takes but uh I'm not sure that I'm not sure that my takes would be the best for uh, the best ones for people to listen to. <laughs> I bet you have really good. I, well, I know that you have really good politics takes, but you know, it's for a different time. It's for it's for a different sponsor. It's for a different audience. You know. <laughs> All right. With that being said, here's news topic number one: the Tom Brady rumor mill was in overdrive the past few days. Julian Edelman lobbied for Brady to come back to New England while sitting courtside at a Syracuse basketball game. The pair was also caught FaceTiming with Titans head coach and close personal friend Mike Vrabel. And some Brady to the Niners smoke started wafting about. Is any of this to be believed? Jenny wrote the topics this week and they are uh, just 
wonderful. It, they, uh, she's, she's bailing me out this week and it was, uh, just great to hear. Um, it was fun to see my alma mater kind of at the center of all this, like for some reason, neither of them went to Syracuse. I don't think any of them are Syracuse adjacent in any way, shape or form. I think the rumor was that, you know, there's like a, a rich person that basically pays for people to sit next to him at games. And, and so they were a guest up there, but really? it was fun to see. The, oh, I yeah. missed that rumor. So like, and they accepted the offer. Yeah, and so I think uh, you know it's nice to see Syracuse being part of the buzz. Um, I wonder what they did um, afterwards, which is not anything that I got like a satisfactory answer on. Did they have? Um, <clears throat> did they have a drink at Fagan's like we once did a long time ago? Jenny? I was going to uh, ask Connor. Yes, a, a couple of years ago, Connor and I both happened to be in Syracuse at the exact same time. And. We're both working for Sports Illustrated. We're both working on stories. And I remember that you texted me and you're like, hey, is there anywhere cool to go here? And I was like, oh, why? I'm standing in the gift shop right now. That's exactly what happened. 20 minutes, you know, 20 minutes later, all was right with the world. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't know. This all has Tom Brady seemed legitimately annoyed uh, at Julian Edelman when he was sort of saying, oh, he's coming back. He's coming back. He has since sort of adjusted that. Um, they've been joking about it on social media because Julian Edelman is doing these like uh, Tom for New England 2020 shirts that he's selling online or whatever is going on. So it seems like this has gone from like high drama to like maybe the opening stages of another grift uh, a la Tom Brady and Hulu. It was definitely a grift. They turned it into a business opportunity. I thought, you know, I was amused by the FaceTiming because that seemed like a very Vrabel move, right? Like, Vrabel is a excellent troll and probably saw an opportunity to kind of, like, get in there and see if it could get picked up on social media, which, of course, it did. Um, so I thought that was a pretty, pretty good move on his part. I do think of, you know, thinking of the other potential destinations, it feels like, you know, we did pitches for the Raiders and Chargers a couple weeks ago because that was the early buzz. But it does feel like if the Titans could figure out a way to both re-sign Derrick Henry and sign Tom Brady, it does seem like that would be the destination that would make the most sense, at least on paper. You have a team that was one half from the Super Bowl. They have a lot of weapons. Henry, as I said, assuming he's back. Um, A.J. Brown, John U. Smith. Uh, you know, you have a head coach that he's friends with. He knows exactly what he'd be getting into. Um, so to me, of all the destinations, that makes the most sense. Uh, the 49ers one has kind of come out of left field. Yeah, and... It's almost like convenient. I mean, as everyone knows, Tom Brady's agent represents both the quarterback of the 49ers and Tom Brady. So it could be one of those things where it's like, hey, let's 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 drive the price up a little bit. No hard feelings. Obviously, Jimmy, you're the the person of the future in San Francisco. But either way, I mean, it just feels so uh, so nakedly rehearsed you know what i mean like every step of the way it's uh, maybe i'm just jaded by the uh, hulu commercial but everything that comes out about brady now feels like it has gone through a million different 3d chess experts you know what i mean in order to to maximize the benefit of it being out in the public no i do think that's fair i mean i think in a sense maybe you know you're 
he's poking fun at this buzz and speculation around him, but uh, it definitely has been very, I don't know. Everything does seem kind of plotted out or, you know, making the most of this sort of strange period of time, um, which, hey, that's fine. Um, I, uh, it's interesting. You mentioned, you know, that they share the same agent and like, Lots of players share the same agent, but the, these two have like this has been. Um, I'm trying to find the right he- words here, Connor. I, I, it's just interesting, I guess, because the, their careers have been intertwined, and I don't know. It just seems like the fact that those two players have the same agent comes up more than any other two players having the same agent, right? And it may not be a factor at all. I mean, this happens all the time that players share an agent, but because there's been so much interest in Tom Brady and the successor and where he's going to go. This has become a a major storyline. Yeah. And even more so than, I mean, there are so many more, you know, I'm not going to say conflict of interest, but you know, there are so many more kind of egregious situations out there. And you talk, get into the college coaching world, the head coach coaching world where, you know, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe person X and person Y have the same agent. That's crazy. I mean, but it's just, like you said, it's it's another layer of intrigue here. It's another like buffer of protection, I think, on, on his side. And who knows? I mean, it, I, I think what's going to be interesting is to find out what he actually wants first. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and then we can sort of make sense of the smoke in the mirrors because if the goal is to return to New England on a big money deal, then, you know, they're going to have a little bit of work to do because as we saw in the Boston Herald today, the report was that uh, the phone call uh, between Belichick and Brady didn't go well at all, their initial talks. Right, right. And to be clear, like, I don't think it's a big deal at all that they share the same agent. Like you referenced, Connor, we see a lot of other situations where it does become a conflict of interest, like a head coach and a general manager or a head coach and a quarterback or like, are they on the same page? And what are, you know, I think in a situation like this, you basically present the options to one client, you tell the other client what's going on. It seems pretty cut and dried, but um but yes, there has been the reports that it's not going well. Seems like the same wording is coming out to multiple outlets. And so you wonder, well, what is the goal with putting that out there? There's just a lot to read into in this process. And um, and I, I, you know, I don't know. I think we're, I think we're all just kind of interested to see what happens and then move on. No doubt. Speaking of which, uh, our second news topic, uh, have you gotten through the new 456-page proposed C- uh, CBA yet? You know, maybe, maybe two or three pages. Two or three. <laughs> the NFLPA sent out on Thursday official ballots to every player who was a dues-paying member in 2019 to vote on the new 456-page collective bargaining agreement. They will have until the end of the day, Thursday, March 12th, to cast their votes. How do you think this ends Uh uh, you're my CBA expert here. I, I th- you're the only one that I trust in, in, in uh, on in the grand scheme of CBA news, Jenny. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take this away. It would be troubling that anyone would trust my <laughs> takes, Connor. But uh, I I think it will pass because they have structured this agreement to appeal to the 60 percent of players who are minimum salary players who would get an immediate financial increase. One thing that I wanted to talk about on this topic, Connor, is that. 
I am having a hard time with the fracturing among the players. I saw that Sam Ocho, who is on the executive committee, went on ESPN to sort of, as he put it, dispute some of the disinformation out of there. And during that segment, he was asked if the players could survive a strike. And he said, absolutely not. We cannot survive a strike. To me, this is kind of baffling that he would make such a strong proclamation you're undermining your own leverage as a unit. I think the obviously the player unit is so much larger than the owners. You have around 2,000 players. You have 32 teams, right? So there's a difference in a lot of levels. The owners are billionaires. The players are millionaires. All of these things. But the strongest thing you have as players is your leverage. So to say we wouldn't survive a strike, to point out that there are other players coming up through the pipeline in college and in the XFL who would want your jobs, I just don't see the value in putting that out there. If you support the CBA and you think it has made enough changes moving forward to, and you think it benefits enough of the group, that's fine. And you know, I think the NFLPA is counting on that. I think when they presented it to the agents at the seminar in Indianapolis last week, I think they presented a, a positive view of it. They said they were proud of it. Um, it was clear that they want this to pass. Um, and I think there are agents who are telling their players, yes, go ahead and vote yes. This will benefit you immediately. And we talked a little bit last week, Connor, about the divide between the players who have secure jobs, who are making a lot of money, who feel like they're in a position to take more of a stand versus other guys who are fighting for a job, who are just trying to make it onto a roster, who are not worried about the length of their careers. They're just worried about having any kind of career in the NFL. Um, but I, I think it's a little bit disappointing to see the the backlash to some people being critical of the deal or questioning how we got to this point. Another thing that Acho said in his TV hit with ESPN was also that, hey, we're at 47% of revenue. This new deal would increase it a little bit, and the owners could revoke that and go back to 42%. I believe that to be incorrect. I, I, I think with labor negotiations, there's you're supposed to start from the status quo, what things are at, and you're supposed to engage in good faith negotiations, which is also why when Demora Smith said that the owners would only open up the new CBA talks early uh, if the players agreed to go to 17 games, that it was contingent upon saying Mm -hmm. yes to 17 to start negotiations early. I, I, I don't believe that to be true. You have to have good faith negotiations, right? So at that point you could say, Hey, well, we don't need to do this agreement early we we don't need that but if you're going to talk about 17 games let's talk about a 50 50 revenue split so i think at this point that we're in a lot of people want to get this over and i think a lot of players will see the small gains but in my opinion i don't believe that the gains are enough it's been 10 years since the last cba these seem to be marginal gains things that you should have improved over the course of 10 years with more information on player health and safety with workplace improvements across the board, right? You, so to me, I don't think it's enough, but I think the problem is we've gotten to this point and I, I think there's sort of been um, a strange characterization of both the player's power and both what's fair and equitable in a negotiating process. Yeah. And when you mentioned the, you know, the division too. I mean, it's just so stark that this is not only the CBA, but, you know, we saw during kind of social justice reform and, you know, during some of these kind of big events where players are on the main stage and they have the chance to present a united front and to get what they want. Now, I I mean, 
I think you did a lot of work on this too and, and kind of writing about all the team's social justice efforts um, after uh, an agreement was reached with all their teams individually. And, you know, you can ju- people can judge for themselves what they feel like players got out of that. But it seems like this is another uh, moment where, you know, they could all be a little bit more together and instead there's these little kind of factions that maybe even take a direct route to the media instead of you know going back and saying okay how are we going to message this and increase the strength broadly yeah i think the most important thing in any union negotiation is participation and togetherness you have to present a united front and it's both play- players on both sides of this yes-no vote issue have not been presenting a united front. But I can at least sort of understand the players who are saying no. I think they want other players to know it's okay to say no, and I think they see the power of star players who say no, um, you know, that that can make other guys maybe consider their vote. And I'm not saying that no is the right thing. I, a lot of players vote for a lot of different reasons, and I haven't read all 456 pages of the document, but I do know a lot of the terms that are in it that have been discussed over the previous couple weeks. And, um, I, you know, I think it, it I, I believe that the players who feel rushed and who feel like they haven't gotten enough, I believe there is definitely grounds to feel that way. Um, and I, I, these are things that can be hashed out behind, you know, closed doors and different conversations. But I think it's because it's gotten to this point where, well, it's vote now and make a decision quickly. I think that is why you hear some of those voices speaking up. I just, yeah, I, I just think unity and recognizing the collective strength that you have instead of undercutting that strength is that's the only way that you're going to make significant gains in a negotiation. Yeah. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so. Exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. 
I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, news topic number three. The Panthers and Chargers have agreed to trade offensive linemen this week, with Carolina sending 26-year-old guard Trey Turner, a five-time Pro Bowler, to Los Angeles in exchange for 31-year-old left tackle Russell Okung, also a Pro Bowler. What does this mean in the context of the Panthers' supposed rebuild? Very strange. Um, You know, I mean, we've seen... Since then, you know, some reports that Okung would be reuniting with a, a you know a former coach that he'd played uh, pretty well with. Trey Turner didn't have the best year in 2019, but obviously is younger, more talented. Um, it, it's sort of just a weird thing. I, you know, if you're interested in dealing him, I'm I'm just curious why there wasn't like a pick compensation in return there, and why you weren't kind of gathering assets for this rebuild or supposed rebuild that you're trying to to undertake here. Yeah, that was my confusion as well, Connor, and that's why I think the word supposed kind of comes into play for the rebuilds here because there was no pick exchange usually when you see teams sending away a valuable building block like Turner you see them getting draft pick to build for the future in compensation and this was not the case which brings into question like what their plan is this year you know Matt Rule has a seven-year contract so he has a lot of time to do things they promised him a lot of patience that was part of the condition of landing him and getting him to leave Baylor So you do kind of wonder, okay, maybe they bring in a left tackle. Maybe they want to see if Cam Newton can be healthy this year. And, you know, can we be decent this year? Like, it seems like that's a possibility now. You know, parsing rules, words at the combine, he really said nothing, right? Probably by design. He wanted to leave all options open. You know, he said he could absolutely would see Cam Newton on the roster, but that doesn't mean that he definitely will be, right? He said, I want to coach him. We know that when healthy, he's one of the best in the game. So I think a lot of people read that as, okay, well, hey, he's saying he'd like to have him, but you're not definitely necessarily going to be on the roster. But maybe their best option is to see, hey, can he get healthy? I I think at this point in the juncture, 
in his recovery from foot surgery, and obviously he had two previous shoulder surgeries before that, it's hard to make any definitive decisions, whether it be the Panthers or another team who might be interested in trading for him. So maybe they use this first year of rules to say, is Cam healthy? Can we continue to move forward with him and get all of that information before making a definitive decision on a guy who was at one point definitely your franchise guy? Yeah, I mean, I think that would be the right move. I'm, I was just watching him, uh, some of the highlights from 2016, 2017, 2018 the other day, and it's just, if he is healthy in a somewhat imaginative offense uh, for the really for the first time in his career, and granted, what they were doing in 2015 that got them to the Super Bowl was pretty special, um, but a lot of that was Cam uh, really in the in the athletic prime of his career, but if, if there was some imagination associated with him, with that offense and the surrounding pieces, like, I think that it could be a really special end to his career, and, you know, why not? Like you said, I mean, if you have the length of time to experiment like Rule does, I mean, that's the whole reason in giving somebody that long of a contract is to just give them that breath and to allow them a chance to to experiment and see if Cam Newton is is healthy and I guess if that means trading your best guard for a left tackle that <laughs> maybe not not everybody uh, sees as a top uh, twenty five top thirty player um, then hey then go do it you know take take your risk because they're not going to get rid of you after this year so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I agree with you, Connor. I, I think it's a pretty good use of the first year because you have patience and you don't have to worry so much. It's like, okay, well, if this doesn't work out, I'm screwed. If you get a seven-year contact track, the reasonable expectation is you're going to have at least three years, right? I mean, like, that would be a, a stunning decision if they didn't give him at least three years, right? And probably four. Uh, of course, anything can happen in the NFL and you have billionaire owners that don't mind paying out contracts. But I think... If you have a unique situation like the Panthers where you have this fantastic quarterback who can't stay healthy in the last three years, this is your perfect use of that time to see if he can get healthy, see if he can get back to form, um, and answer that question definitively before making a decision. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I would do some crazy stuff with a seven-year contract, really crazy stuff. You know? Can you imagine? I mean, I, I'm like scared to sign a two-year lease for my apartment. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I would say that, uh, I don't know. I mean, where could we take the weak side podcast with the security of a seven-year contract? Unbelievable. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless, Connor. Just endless. Space, for one, you as, know. Yeah. As John Elway said about Drew Locke, you know, the sky's the limit. <laughs> um, all right. I think I got the next topic up here. Um while we try and sort out the game of QB musical chairs that will be happening in free agency, another name that's popped up is Nick Foles, who just one year ago signed a four-year $88 million contract to be the Jaguars starter. Do you think Nick Foles plays in Jacksonville or elsewhere next season? I think it's the picture that's coming into focus seems to be Foles playing elsewhere. Jaguars appear to be ready to move forward with forward with Minshew and would you know they Foles when he went to Jacksonville said he wanted to go somewhere where he could be a starter he felt he'd earned that opportunity he was of course the Super Bowl MVP for the Eagles and while Carson Wentz was injured and then Wentz comes back and Foles makes the decision to go to Jacksonville and then you know he gets hurt and they have this revelation of Minshew and things change 
I don't know, Connor. Like, I, I feel like if you, we've seen with Foles himself the importance of having two quarterbacks. It does seem weird to me to be like, hey, like, yeah, we think we've seen enough from this one quarterback in his rookie year that we're going to trade away Foles. Uh, I don't know, but I do think he'll play elsewhere next year. It's he's been linked a lot to the Colts. Frank Rank is there, and so that seems to be an easy dot to connect. Yeah, it's it, it's a fascinating uh, sort of swing piece on this chessboard now because you know if one team loses out on Rivers or if one team believes they're in on Brady and doesn't, you know, I think that there are some coaches who can get the most out of Nick Foles and then coaches who um, kind of just struggle to get the most out of Nick Foles. But yeah, it's fascinating to see. You know, there are just these little names. Joe Flacco is another name where it's like, okay, I mean, if you if you think you need a veteran quarterback this year there's just that person kind of lurking in the shadows there beyond the big names that we've uh, discussed or maybe names that we thought would be available via trade but aren't so um, yeah I I don't think he'll be back in Jacksonville next season and what's interesting to me like you said is uh, you know is that all because of your trust in Gardner Minshew is it part of your plan that you know is Dave Caldwell going to be allowed to kind of oversee another uh, rebuild there? I mean, they've already traded away some pieces. It seems like Yannick Ngakwe is another person who could get franchised and then uh, moved out for some picks. They're they're doing a good job of cycling through the aging veterans on that roster that helped them reach that AFC title game. So is going to Gardner Minshew just kind of part of that plan where it's like, okay, we're going to you know see what we have, and worst case, we bottom out, and we start back over with you know, some capital. And it's not like we wasted any money. We can carry over those salaries from year to year because um, he's a six round pick and he's not making much money and, uh, and, and see what we have. But um, otherwise, I don't know. I, 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 it seems like if you've gotten rid of Foles and you're kind of dumping the apple cart there, uh, I don't know what that says necessarily, if that's not your plan. Yeah, it does seem to be a little bit of a team that's been rudderless since, you know, almost making it to the Super Bowl. And now just kind of unclear what their direction and what their plan is and where they're going. And kind of still stunning that both Marone and Caldwell are still in charge there, that there that there wasn't a change. Right. In a way, we're all the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, (laughs) rudderless, unsure where we're headed. I like that, Connor. That's that's a pretty good analogy. Um, All right. News topic number five. According to the Sports (coughs) Business Journal, the NFL saw only a 3% ratings increase after moving the workouts at the Combine to prime time. Should the NFL stay with the new nighttime format or revert back to the daytime workouts? Connor, I am firmly in the revert back camp while also acknowledging that the NFL (coughs) does not like to admit that something didn't work out or that it didn't make a mistake. So they will probably almost... They will almost certainly not revert. They do not want to admit that they were wrong. No. Yeah, they won't revert. And, you know, what we'll see is some really spectacular ratings gymnastics over the next few weeks where this was the initial report with the cold numbers. But then it'll be like, well, actually, you know, uh, in a survey of women from 29 to 31, they preferred the, you know, and this is our target demographic. And so it actually was a success. And, we're, you know, it feels like if the league has that idea of where they want to go, they're going to make the tracks align in front of them no matter what. You know what I mean? They're going to plow ahead with ruthlessness. And if they want this to eventually be a primetime L.A. event, it's going to be a primetime L.A. event. Uh, uh, Facts and numbers be damned. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so sick of these numbers manipulations, by the way. You know, like this week we get the statistic. What was it that like 47% of football fans are female? And it's like, all right, cool. Like, but yeah, we don't really actually value women in like positions of power in the NFL, but we're going to trot out the statistic that almost half of football fans are women. And we have a lot of guys saying, no way that can't be true. And ultimately at the end of the day, it's a freaking meaningless stat because women don't actually have a voice in the NFL and making decisions that matter. And yes, as it goes to the combine, you know, I just, the schedule was confusing before the workout started. You had some teams doing interviews at night. And then once the workout started, you had to do the interviews during the day from like 10 to 3 PM it was hard to schedule things. Um, I don't, and I, I think the one thing that I would really keep an eye on is like players, if they decide to not work out because of the weird schedule, right? Because how many night games do you end up playing in a season? You know, maybe, I don't know, even if you're like a team like the Patriots, what, maybe six or seven. So, I mean, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And a lot of these guys have been training during the daytime. If you're a high profile prospect and you're saying you're expecting me to work out nine to 11 PM at night, um, I'm just going to skip it and go to my pro day. So if you do see more high profile players skipping the combine workout, that could be the one thing that would you know, kind of nudge the NFL toward, you know, maybe not having it in the slot. Of course, if they move it to LA, they'd be on West Coast time. So it's, it's all whatever. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like the issue they have now. There's been a lot of buzz, like, will Al, Al Riveron be replaced? Could they bring Dean Blandino back? I think the biggest deterrent to bringing Dean Blandino back as the head of officiating is saying, ah, we messed up letting him go. I think the same thing probably applies for this. Yeah. I mean, life is about being able to admit your mistakes, NFL. You know, it's uh, it's it's time to come clean. But you're right. I mean, you know, all of the I, I talked to a handful of uh, prospects uh, before the combine and asked every single one of them, you know, did you do any special night workouts to prepare? And everybody said no, because it's it, it's not conducive to, uh, you know, what you're trying to do, which is get yourself in the best shape for, you know, the start of your first NFL regular season or, or in the best possible shape for your pro day. And so I, I don't know, I, I would hope that players start kind of leaving this behind because then that would be the one way for the NFL to wake up and say, all right, um, why don't we, why don't we not try to monetize every single thing on our, uh, in our Rolodex of stuff, you know, let's, let's leave one of these things out. And, and, and even then they're still, I'm sure doing fine on the NFL combine. Yeah. Sorry to our listeners, by the way. I feel like we started off the show by saying, you know, we weren't going to be talking about political things and no rants there. And then I think this has turned into a ranting show for me. So, you know, no, that's good. I, I, I'm <laughs> firmly on board with this. <laughs> Just keeping it keeping it spicy. Um, this is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so. Exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. 
If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, Connor. What do you have this week for everyone's favorite section, the Oracle? Um, man, this is uh, this is going to be a little bit boring in the fact that um, after seeing everything um, at the at the Carrier Dome, um, after reading all the tea leaves um, recently, I feel like I've switched personally. Uh, and so maybe this is not like a groundbreaking earth shattering prediction, but I've switched personally from Brady coming back to new England. And uh, initially I was, he was going to go somewhere else. Uh, Oakland maybe. Um, but I feel like new England is the place. All right. I, I, f- I feel like very certain about that this week. Okay. Interesting. Connor. It's like you're, it's like you're endorsing a candidate. Like we've been waiting to see where or would land, and this is it. You're saying it's New England. Decision 2020, or colon, New England. Hopefully the only thing that I uh, share with Mike Bloomberg. So, <laughs> <laughs> My Brenda's consensus is also s- somewhat related to the, you know, <coughs> the Brady hullabaloo over the past few days, which will continue for the next several days. Um is that I think we should just abandon the practice of trying to lip read, right? There's absolutely no way, unless you're the NFL Network, who used the enhanced audio and saved us all from our bad takes of what Tom Brady was saying, supposedly in reply to Edelman saying he's back. 
Turned out he wasn't saying anything in reply to Edelman because there was another question about what he told Jim Beheim, and he said he's got this. So, you know, I think a lot of us spend our Sunday mornings kind of looking at this video clip and is he really saying he's not? I mean, things that went through my mind, Connor, would be like, would you really talk about yourself? Would you say he's not rather than I'm not? I mean, that doesn't make sense. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm devoting way too much brain power for something that I don't actually know the truth of the matter. So I think we should just abandon trying to lip read. It's a imprecise practice that it's a fool's errand and will only serves to pad the news cycle with meaningless stories that will become entirely irrelevant within the next 24 hours. Big ups to enhanced audio though, by yes. the way. That was I a mean, good poll by the NFL network. Ups for, uh, for enhanced audio. Um, I, t- I could not agree more. I mean, you know, I, I remember there was like an old Rick Riley column where he went to an NFL game with a lip reader. And I, th- I if I'm not mistaken, and this could be totally wrong, but then it w- kind of led to the revolution of everybody covering their mouth with the play cards. Um, or it was at least the start of, of like the phenomenon where we see everybody covering their mouths with the play cards. Like I remember uh, the professional lip reader was like, it might have been John Gruden actually too. Watch John Gruden during a game and what he was saying and all that stuff. But uh, yeah. Wow. I, I, yeah. But uh, hey, that was, you know. Back in the back in the nineties, when you know anything was possible. That's right, right. A lot of different time, Connor. <laughs> um, speaking of anything being possible, we have the Bachelor finale coming up Monday and Tuesday. A special two night event, which of course, like the NFL Combine, it just continues to grow and morph and maximize uh, profits. Um, <laughs> Anything's possible because they've said it's an ending that we've never seen before. And I believe last night I saw on Twitter that Reality Steve was planning to spoil it today. So I have not checked Reality Steve's Twitter because I'd actually like to see how this unfolds in real time. They also told us last week that Peter Weber, The Bachelor, had not, even he did not know how this would end up, which indicates that there will be some kind of after the final rose presentation plea um, you know, some kind of setup there that will ultimately decide how the season goes. You know, come to think of it, Connor, we could do an after the final rose type setting with Tom Brady. Oh yeah, I mean it's never over with uh, it's never over with the Patriots, right? It's never over. You know. This could end up being a Josh McDaniels type reality Steve thing where Tom Brady goes somewhere and then says, wait, pick me up Pilot Pete and turn this plane around headed straight for Foxborough. Yeah, I mean, couldn't you couldn't you see, though, like, you know, him going on the hometown dates, visiting the four teams, right? You know, visiting the Titans, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and then New England. They always save the one for last. Right. And then everyone convenes. And he makes his decision live on the After the Final Rose special. I would love nothing more than for our two worlds to converge in that way. We've really, yeah, we've really set this up, Connor. Take notice, NFL, because, you know, you screwed up the combine. So this is a way you could probably make up for it. You know, another way to make a little bit of cash. So the only certainty in this world, Connor, is that we will find out Peter Weber's decision before we find out Tom Brady's decision. I, th- I think we can safely <laughs> say this because Peter Weber's decision will be made within, what, four days of this podcast coming out. We have a little longer to wait for Tom Brady. How exciting. 
can't believe that I'm going to know who the future Mr. and Mrs. Peter Weber are. That's so exciting. <laughs> it's it, it's really palpable. I know. I, I think you can feel that through Definitely. the microphone right now. Can't totally feel that. All right. Well, we've got a we've got a long way to go till uh, a lot of decisions in 2020, but I think hopefully we'll all make it there. Um, so thanks for joining us this week on the Weekside Podcast. The podcast right is, on. Yeah, right on. All right. The MMQB Weekside Podcast is me, Jenny Vrentis, and Connor Orr. We are produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody. Ben Eagle is director of editorial projects and product. Mark Moravik is emeritus executive director of the MMQB. Keep up with our entire line of podcasts five days a week by subscribing to the MMQB NFL podcast for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please do us a favor and leave a rating and review. It really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Radio.com, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so. Exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.